Hello friends. How are you? Um, you know, we're at a really hard part in this book and I just want to say to everybody who's still listening, good for you because even though there's a whole lot of Christians in the world, there's really not a whole lot of Christians that are willing to read the book uh, that God wrote for us. We'd rather have other people read or just talk about it or take little snippets of it, but to get through the actual book as it's written is uh, the narrow gate. <laughs> it's it's um, We want the easier, softer way, you know, by just reading little commentaries and little uh, devotionals and whatnot. This is not the easier, softer way. This is going to any lengths <laughs> to, to um, walk with God. And so I think what we just looked at is this story. We've really opened up this story of Cain and Abel and, and um, seen it for all <clears throat> of its horror. And I think even right here in, in this, we can already see the sort of seven deadly sins, you know, that, that uh, most things can go under most sin can fall into something in this category and in Cain we have pride right I think it sort of starts with sloth actually he he doesn't want to grow and support stuff for everybody even though everybody's making their contribution as God has prescribed for them in the, in the story he doesn't want to give more than he feels like he has to but um, God gave him everything to do it with. <laughs> he just doesn't want to give it up. He wants to hold on to it, which is greed. And then, uh, of course, you've got envy with Abel. He, he's envious because God accepted Abel's contribution and uh, enthusiasm and sincerity in his sacrifice and saw right through Cain's um, lazy, there's a sloth again, lazy, untimely, unenthusiastic offering, right? And so then you, that leads to envy and wrath. And all of those are production, uh, a product of pride. And you've got greed. He doesn't want to share. Um, even though everybody's just doing what God told them to do. He doesn't want to share. And gluttony. He takes extra wives. He takes uh, extra vengeance. So if we take this this sort of old-fashioned list of the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, sloth, you've got them all. Right here in this um, story of Cain and Abel. And, and this is multiplying so this is getting really out of control, and now you've got these demigods, these um, not angels, not humans, these sons of God, which are not Jesus, they're a different type of sons of God. Um, they're born of God, where uh, humans are born of Adam, right? Um, and the the... This is, and they're, they're combining and making this super uh, 
uh, entity <laughs> with the women. It's getting crazy out here. Absolutely nuts. And, and then we see that um, God is grieved for this situation that's because, you know, he, he installed this magical, wonderful thing of free will into his people so that they're not just robots and automatons. But once he does that, he's not going to take that free will back. And if we want to surrender our will, if we want to take that sort of third step and uh, offer our whole life on the altar, our whole life to him in thought, word, and deed, then he will work with that. But he won't do it against our will, right? So um, we've taken, at this point, humans have taken his beautiful gift of free will and just distorted it. And now that we're not an accurate reflection of him, which we're supposed to be, made in his image, and it's just been completely distorted, and it's a, just a freak show. <laughs> <laughs> so so of all of this it, it grieves God's heart he's sad and he says I'm I can't do this like because here's little Noah he says but Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord so you can't leave Noah in the middle of this and his wife in the middle of this that's terrible and Noah already has a little family Shem Ham and Japheth so you can't leave this little family in the middle of this violence so God makes a plan uh, so we'll start at chapter 6, verse 9. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. And how do we know that? All we know that is that Noah has found sight in the favor of the Lord. But I think um, Noah does what all of the people who find favor in the sight of the Lord do. He, um, in chapter 7, Verse 5, right here, it says, And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. That's how everybody in this book gets in God's good book. <laughs> it's really simple. <laughs> you, just, you just do the deal. You just show up, suit up, shut up, do what you're supposed to do. And you can, you can talk to God. You can have, I mean, Moses does it constantly. He's always trying to negotiate with God. And, and you know, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But in the end, the best thing for all of us is if we just do what God wants because he's, he's trustworthy. He knows what's going to be good for us. And it's not always what we think is good for us, which is more on that list of seven deadly sins, right? <laughs> so... Um, Now, uh, 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all the flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. So I don't know, picture Noah and his sweet wife and kids being dropped into some, you know, Rikers Island scenario where it's just terrifying. He's not going to leave them there. <laughs> that would be cruel. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Um, cypress wood is just really strong and it doesn't produce fruit, which is interesting. The, the 
materials, the wood materials that God uses to build are not fruit bearing. Those he keeps, I think, for us to eat. I just think that's an interesting distinction. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. All right, this is going to be kind of a comfortable scenario. Not fabulous, but not terrible. Like you've got bedrooms and you've got, you know, pitch inside and out. You're not going to sink. You're going to make this a sturdy ark. This is how you're going to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. It's width, 50 cubits, and it's height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in its side. Make So there you've got the, the one narrow gate, which is going to be just like later in the tabernacle. You've got one way in and out of this thing. Jesus says the same thing. You've got one way in and out of God's protection. Here it is. So there's the door in its side. Um, make it with lower second and third decks. So it's a pretty big ship. But f- for my part, I'm going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in it with the breath of life in it. So flesh is also like a continuing theme through the whole Bible, right? Like our flesh by default will often, not always, I'm not saying all people are evil by default, I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying there is this part of our flesh that always veers towards these seven deadly sins, right? And... um and that's the part that we're always trying to purify. So if we're going with this idea that God's presence is in the water, it's in the fire also. I mean, it's everywhere, but obviously it's obviously in the water. And he's going to take his good water, his good self, and just Clorox the whole place. He's going to purify all the bad germs and wash them all down the sink. Right? <laughs> and... Uh, so he's going to, and, and all of this flesh is going to die. And can you imagine being in this ship, how terrifying that would be, how heartbreaking to watch all these people just because they refused to, to get on the boat, essentially. They refused to just live the right way and slaughter this flesh. <laughs> I don't mean the humans. I mean slaughter this, these impulses to do the wrong thing and because of that you just watch them drown and we see that all the time in our daily life look at the pictures of the or just drive down the streets in some places and you'll see all these tent cities where people are living like zombies just as drug addicts and and thieves and it's just heartbreaking but they refuse and there's nothing you can do to convince them they have to be convinced by themselves or they will die and and that's just the fact of addiction and and many many other types of uh diseases of the flesh right so that's what's happening here he's just going to wipe it all out and see if we can get this whole thing going again on a better uh, circuit with better seed to start with from noah 18, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. So he's going to establish this covenant, right? Like this, it's an agreement. If you want to come into this ark, you're going to be with me. We'll be in this partnership. Um, You're going to do what I say. I'm going to provide for you. It's going to, 
Um, we're all going to be on the same page. It's going to be great, right? So this is the deal as you go into the arc. And, and you don't know exactly how it's going to work out yet by any means, but this is the intention that is set from the very beginning. And of every living thing, all of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing on the ground according to its kind, two of every kind shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and store it up. At this point, everybody's eating salad, right? And it shall serve as food for you and for them. Which is, I mean, brilliant, because if you had tigers on this ship and they wanted to eat the gazelle, that would be terrible. But so far, they don't. They eat salad. It's good order. <laughs> God knows what he's doing here. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. That is the repeating refrain through the entire Bible. Um, chapter 7, the great flood. Then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. So it's an act of free will still, right? Noah is going because he wants to, and he's entering into this covenant because he wants to. He wants to save himself and his family. God's not pushing him. God's not forcing him. God's not saying, if you don't want to do it, like if Noah could go down with the flood if he wanted to, if he wanted to go uh, not do all that God commanded him. Two, take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, a male and its mate. So already we have clean and unclean animals. They're going to need those for the temple and they're going to need those for food because right from here, God's going to distinguish what is clean to eat and what is not clean to eat and what he's going to need for sacrifices. And a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air. He loves the birds. He just loves them. Also male and female, to keep their kind alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. 40 is a trial period, right? A, a period of testing, um, it's, it's the same as God or that as uh, Jesus does in the, in the wilderness. And of course, with Moses, they do it for 40 years. That's a long testing. It's a long formation period. And every living thing that I made, I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. So I made it. I can destroy it. My ball, my rules... <laughs> And that's a really hard concept for us because we have this pride and we want to think, no, you can't destroy me. You're not the boss of me. But I think, obviously, that's not what's happening in this story. <laughs> that's just not what's happening in the Bible. He is the boss of us and he, it is his bull and it is his rules. But his rules are good for us. They, we are a reflection of him. He's not... He's not into abusing himself. He's into wanting his reflection of him to shine. And this is how you do it. And Noah did all the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the floodwaters came on the earth. Man, 
that's old. And he didn't even have kids till he was 500, right? So his kids are 100 years old. And this is, uh, I, I don't know, I'm like about 50. And <laughs> are you kidding me? I do not. I, I don't know how I'd have the energy to build a big old ark and start all over again, but he does. And I think that that's um, the same thing we're going to see in Abraham, actually. Abraham is a full-grown adult when he starts and and leaves on this journey to follow God um, and leave everything he used to know behind. So it's okay to start wherever you are, however old you are, however messed up you may be. That's the point, right? Or uh, however good you are, you can always get better. Um, but just wherever you are, go from there. It's never too late. And Noah, with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives, went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. They, so the water of God is good, but you need it in, in human amounts, right? <laughs> in, in something that you could pull up from a well or drink from a cup or um, bathe in, but not in a flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds, and of everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah, and God had commanded Noah, as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the water of, waters of the flood came on the earth. So it's all happening as God wills it to, even when it looks bad. Um, I To me, I think this looks good. I think it looks like a nice, clean bath, but... To a lot of people, the flood is terrifying, but it's still, it's still God's choice. It's still his action. The waters listen, Noah listens, the animals listen. 11. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, so God's got his own calendar, right? It's the Hebrew calendar that they still use today. It's a lunar calendar. Um, I have one sitting on my desk. <laughs> uh, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened. So the windows of the heavens, so the rain just poured out, the water just poured out of the sky. The rain fell on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah with his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of the sun entered the ark. And uh, they and every wild animal of every kind and all domestic animals of every kind. Why do we have domestic animals still? Because Abel took care of them, right? <laughs> and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every bird of every kind, every bird, every winged creature... They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. So he makes this nice, safe place for them to ride out this storm where he purifies the rest of the world, and he I would say gently, lovingly shuts us in just like you shut your child into their their car seat in their car, in your car, right? And um, 
we're going to hide out in, in this ark. And you're going to see this ark theme continued, right? You're going to see it um, with Moses. He's in an ark. You're going to see it um, with the Ark of the Covenant, which is also, those all sort of mean a basket. And then you're going to see the baskets of bread that, that Jesus creates. And then, of course, the, the wood is the Ark of the Cross. So... The flood continued for 40 days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark and it rose high above the earth. So they're being elevated, right? The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth and the ark floated on the face of the waters. It floated. It's not, it doesn't say it's being tossed into it. It says it floated. The waters swelled so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heavens were covered the water swelled above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, domestic animals, wild animals, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all human beings, everything on dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, human beings and animals and creeping things and birds of the air. They were blotted out from the earth. The part that gets me the most, of course, is that all the animals get it because I always think that animals are so innocent. And I think that's actually maybe part of this, the point that when you have all of these wicked people in charge, the innocent are going to get swept up in it and they're going to, and they're going to, um, they're going to be carried away in in the violence and I think we see that all over the world still today right if you have really bad leadership the the little helpless people are the and animals and stuff are the ones that take the brunt of this and God's going to try and start all over and fix this only Noah was left and those that were in with him in the ark and the water swelled on the earth for 150 days so we'll stop there but um it gets better. <laughs> it gets better. This is quite a scary part of the story. I think it's it's like when you go, you know, if you if you've had a a violent accident and you go to the emergency room, it's really scary. But hopefully the doctor will fix you all up and then you will heal. And that's what's going to happen here. Spoiler alert. <laughs> It gets better. And we just have to stick it out, right? What else can we do? Go along with the violence? That's not going to work. We have to get in covenant with the beautiful creator. Do what he needs us to do. Stick with our friends who are also willing to do this. And make a new life for ourselves. Under God's good direction. And that's what's happening here. But there's there's points of real pain and loss in that process. And um, I think that the, the story of this flood is just trying to illustrate that for us. That sin is painful. The, the sin that, that Lamech, Cain and Lamech created was really painful. And the healing process is really painful. But life will start again. So...
Um, so tune in next time for the happy ending. <laughs> All right, friend. I'll see you soon. <laughs>